Buenos dias, Rough Golfers, and welcome to episode number 29 of the Rough Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Harris. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got quite an interesting topic for you today about distance and regulation for the pro golfers. And uh, then we're going to follow up with a little bit of a talk on equipment changes and reconfiguring of golf courses for today's modern game. Now, some of you may have caught that I actually welcomed you to the show using Spanish, okay? I apologize for my poor uh, pronunciation of uh, Buenos Dias, but it's been a while since I've been in high school, and uh, that's the last time I took any Spanish classes. The reason I did that is because my wife and I are going to be going to Madrid. By the time you hear this podcast, I will be sitting in a cafe somewhere chowing down on some jamón ibérico or maybe a café con leche. I don't know, but I'm excited about the prospect of just stuffing my face full of delicious Spanish food. Enough about my upcoming trip. We're going to talk about distance being regulated for pro golfers, okay? And this actually comes from an article that I read recently about dialing back the golf ball so that pros can't hit it quite as far. I know, you're probably thinking the same thing that I was thinking when I read this article is that, are, are you crazy? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, we're going to go over that today. So there's some proposals out there to change the golf ball design, okay? And the attempt is to limit pros from, you know, just gaining unreal amounts of distance. You know, I guess, you know, 300 yards plus is, you know, too far for a lot of these governing bodies for golf, which I think is a little silly. Now, the average driving distance for the PGA Tour, now this is 2023 numbers so far, so using the, the tournaments that they've played for the 2023 season so far is around 292 yards. So that's the average driving distance. Your best ballers out there are hitting 300 plus, okay? You boys in that group not really. Okay. I actually, I did hit my first 300 yard drive the other day, which I'm super excited about because I think I can uh, make that a mainstay for my game. But uh, anyway, your your best golfers, your best ball strikers out there are 300 plus. You know, uh, JT, um, I think he hits around 307 on average. Rory McIlroy is leading with a 327 uh, yard average for driving distance, which is crazy. That is a, a super, super long tee shot. But basically the proposal would change the requirements for a legal golf ball to pull that distance back. Now it gets a little stranger, okay, because they're saying that they would dial back the golf ball for professional golfers and elite amateurs. Okay, so if you're a top level amateur, and I don't know if this, this means possibly you know, any of the uh, college golfers out there, there's collegiate golfers, if that means that you're going to have to start playing with golf balls that are meant strictly for the professional level and they're going to be dialed back. You're not going to be able to get the distance that you're getting today off of the golf balls that you currently use. Now, this would mean that you'd have two different sets of equipment, both for amateurs like myself and professionals out there, or elite amateurs like maybe college golfers or people performing at the, you know, uppermost amateur level for uh, golf, which would be like people who are playing in the Masters or something like that, but they enter in as amateurs because maybe they're top ranked in the world. Now, I see this as a very, very bad idea, but what do you guys think? Let me know down in the comments below what you think about this situation with uh, dialing back these golf balls. Um, 
Now, how much these balls will be dialed back is still up for debate, and the governing bodies are just kind of in their, their beginning stage of considering this, but it is a scary thought, you know. Um, I think this is bad because driving and distance has to be one of the coolest parts of golf as a spectator. And, you know, nobody's not watching professional golfers play. That's the whole point of, of having professional golfers play the sport. you got fans out there. You've got people watching television uh, wanting to see, you know, these professional golfers perform their best. And, you know, I don't know anyone, anyone out there that would step up to a tee box and say, you know what, I hope this professional golfer doesn't hit the golf ball past 300 yards because that would just ruin the game for me. No, no, no way, no way. I've been to several PGA Tour events and every single time, a pro steps up to hit the golf ball, what happens? He crushes the golf ball, and then you have some guy in the background yell, meat and potatoes, or way to rip it, or it's in the hole, or something silly like that, because people want to see that ball rip off of that club face and go as far as it possibly can. We want to watch that ball flight go way up and way out, and just marvel at how amazing it is that these guys can strike the ball so well that they're carrying 300 yards, some even further than that to get a total of, you know, 320, 327, 330 maybe. We want to see that. So when you when you dial back the golf ball and, you know, let's say they, they haven't really spoken about how much you'll dial back the golf ball, but there are some estimates out there that, you know, someone who would hit around uh, 310 or 315 would probably be dialed back to about 280, which is, is pretty considerable. And nobody wants to see that off the tee. You know, if, if you are a fan watching somebody hit that golf ball and they get you know, 275, 280, you're going to be like, well, that's okay. That's a good, that's a solid hit, but it's not, you know, amazing. It doesn't seem like it takes a pro to hit that. Okay. And you know, what I want to get to about uh, about that distance thing, uh, just what I mentioned there is that, you know, I myself am driving on average 275 or above. And that is all in a, a you know, variety of conditions. And that's carry distance, not total run out because total run out is very dependent upon the courses that I play. And a lot of them are soggy wet right now. So you're not getting a lot of run out. But, you know, uh, an average golfer out there with some decent ability can make that drive, you know, especially now with all the, the new equipment that's come out with the distance on the driver heads and shafts and things like that. You know, 275, 280 is completely achievable for your weekend golfer. It, it really is. So if a weekend golfer can drive the same distance as the pros, that just kind of sucks the magic out of it a little bit. You're like, ah, you know, Roy McElroy, he's a big hitter. He hits 285. Well, Bob down at the uh, public golf course can smack 285. That's no problem. Well, then you go into the bait of, yeah, but he's using the different ball and different equipment, and it just gets it gets too confusing. Then you have another thing that you have to consider, which is, you know, all of these pros are sponsored by various golf ball manufacturers or golf equipment manufacturers. So, for example, let's take Titleist Pro V1, which happens to be um, the number one ball played on tour. I think it's Titleist, maybe not Pro V1, but Titleist definitely the number one ball on tour. If you're saying like, you know, okay, uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler or Justin Thomas win a tournament and they're rolling a Titleist Pro V1, how can you say to the public, play the ball that the pros play? 
you can't because it's not the same golf ball. Sure, I'm I'm sure, you know, maybe some golf companies would say, well, this is an opportunity for us to to expand our offerings and we could make a little bit more money. It's hard to tell because most of your average golfers aren't going to want to play a ball that costs them distance. You know what I mean? Like why it's it's hard enough to get up to a, a decent distance uh, with getting everything else right, your swing and your equipment. Why would you want to penalize yourself, you know, unnecessarily by just buying a, a pro level golf ball? It doesn't make sense to me. So I think there's going to be a big pushback from your golf ball sponsors who say, wait a minute. We want to have the pros playing the same ball that the amateurs play because we can then, you know, use the the uh, uh, tagline of, oh, you know, this professional won this tournament by playing this ball or something like that. And people will respond to that. I mean, I know golfers out there who play a specific ball because it's Tiger Woods ball or it's Justin Thomas's ball or and you just you develop those, you know, uh, relationships with that. Um, you know, professional golfer you're following and you say, like, I want to be playing what he's playing and, you know, that's going to magically change my game or something. I don't know. But people are like that and I have experienced that. So I'm not so sure that that this is going to go over as smoothly as, you know, uh, some of the articles I read said it would. I think this is going to be problematic for not only the, the golf ball manufacturers, but also the professionals and anyone who is, you know, even remotely in charge of, you know, sponsorship or pushing a brand or anything like that is going to struggle with trying to say, like, use our balls because they go a limited distance. You know what I mean? Like, it just, how, everything in golf right now is predicated on sending the ball farther, distance, to forgiveness. We've all seen the, the tailor-made stealth plus two I can't even keep up with the names anymore. Uh, commercials with Rory and Tiger, and they're talking about forgiveness. You know, get the ball out there as far as you can because golf is a distance game right now. So it's going to be really hard to dial that back with a golf ball. And then how do you sell that? How do you sell anything even remotely tied up to that? You know, uh, Rory hits this specific golf ball, and he is the furthest uh, driving average distance on tour currently. Well, not anymore if he plays a different ball. Not anymore if that ball's dialed back. So I don't know what they're thinking here. You know, it just seems silly that you would want to dial that back. The fans don't want that. Uh, golfers, on a whole, nearly everyone that I've met playing golf absolutely loves to see a monster drive. If you disagree with me, please let me know in the comments why you wouldn't want to see a monster drive or maybe why you would want to see these balls dialed back you know why why would you want to see that maybe you're a fan of iron play which i am too but there's some other things that we're going to talk about in the next segment that would help spur on more iron play okay and you don't have to dial back the golf ball all right so we're going to move in and talk about equipment change and whether we should change the equipment or change the courses okay and this is kind of a hot topic in speaking with some of the buddies that I golf with you know I, I kind of run some of these uh, by them sometimes when I'm golfing with them and uh, see what they think but equipment changes on the surface may seem easier okay or cheaper and you know in some people's minds may say well gosh it's got to be expensive to either expand a golf course or uh, you know, try to lengthen it in any way or change it in any way. But you also have to imagine all of the R&D 
that will go into creating a new golf ball that will meet the the legal limit and are any of the clubs going to have to change to coincide with that change in the golf ball? You know, I don't know what they're going to do exactly to the golf ball, but I guarantee you at the the pro level or the elite amateur level, that is going to significantly impact how the club and ball interact with each other. So that's going to mean a whole host of changes for the uh, golf equipment industry to, to, to try to, you know, keep up with and, and, uh, match the best way they can with this newly changed golf ball. You know, um, they've done this before with drivers. You know, i.e., the 460 cc and the 440 cc heads, uh, tour legal and, and amateur legal. You know, it's it's there's some some uh, limitations there. Okay, we get that. Um, but when you think about uh, making, you know, a change to a piece of equipment or a golf ball, that just, it sends ripples throughout the entire industry because it's going to change everything. I mean, for example, if you change the golf ball and then have to change the driver, you are not playing the driver that the pros are playing. You're playing a different piece of equipment, all right? Not to mention, you, you've got all this marketing, as I said before, that's aimed at distance. And now what's, what's the, the marketing pitch going to be? I guarantee you here's what it'll turn from. It'll turn from distance to accuracy. This driver is the straightest driver or the most forgiving driver. Not the necessarily the longest anymore because we have a change because of the ball, but it'll go to accuracy and forgiveness. You know, so there's always a trade-off. But another thing that you have to consider is the actual um, total distance that you're going to get out of this golf ball. You know, I mean, if it's 280 or 285, are the courses that are out there right now, are they actually, uh, you know, going to be able to um, successfully play on those courses with that ball? Will that determine how much they're going to dial the ball back? The length of the courses, the layout of the courses. And this kind of gets me into my my next uh, point that I wanted to make, which is maybe you don't mess with the equipment. Maybe you don't mess with the golf ball and you don't mess with the the uh, golf clubs. What you do is adjust the courses. Now, I know some of you out there may be thinking, gosh, that's going to be super expensive, but hear me out, okay? If the average driving distance on the tour right now is 292, I think before that it was hovering around 300. If that is the driving distance, why not, instead of making a hole longer, introduce a new hazard, Okay and introduce that new hazard on some of those those holes that seem like oh this is a you know this is a, a driver and a wedge and he's got he's going to make birdie no problem well what if on some of those easier holes you decided to add in a water hazard and you set that water hazard from 280 to 320 okay the average driving distance for Rory McIlroy was 327. Does that mean every single time he's going to he's going to hit that number? No, cuz you've got wind to factor in, you've got course conditions, you've got, you know, his uh mindset at the time of his hitting, the human error issue, a ton of stuff. But if you were to introduce that hazard, that now limits the playing field cuz you either have to hit a softer driver so that you're under that 280 mark which is probably going to be a three-wood for most guys, setting them up for another three-wood or an iron shot into the green now, or you're going to have to cross your fingers, hope that you can squeeze out the extra yards to get over that 320 mark. 
which is a it's a risk and a gamble because the wind could change on you and blink, you're right in the water. So maybe instead of thinking, let's change the equipment, let's create this you know whole new uh, split between pro golf and amateur golf, and you know let's just let's do that. Instead of doing that, let's rethink some of the course layouts and designs and see how difficult it would be just to maybe add in a hazard. Or if you're really concerned about pro distance, maybe set up some sort of temporary hazard. You know, maybe change up the playing style and say like, okay, well, there's a temporary hazard and it's going to be within this area. If you hit within this area, it's just as if you're going to play, you know, in a water hazard or a sand hazard or whatever. You know, these are just ideas, guys. Not not exact, you know, set in stone, this is what should happen. But just some ideas so that you don't have to have this huge change in golf equipment and golf balls that's going to confuse everybody. And it's, it's just going to create problems uh, down the line. Now, you know, maybe some of you think that uh, doing that to certain holes, you know, adding in new hazards in that, that drivable, that average driving range distance is going to be problematic. And you wouldn't like to see that for the course. I would actually love to see that in professional golf because it makes the courses play like entirely new courses. You know, driver is, I mean, just imagine, you know, you hit your driver, what, maybe 14, 15 times on average for most public golf courses. You know, they got two or three par threes out there um, and you're going to pull that driver out of the back. Imagine going from that on a pro level course to say you can only hit your driver three times and the rest has to be iron shots or fairway woods or something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that would that would transform golf and make it a lot more interesting because the, now these players are not just, you know, driver wedge. They've got three woods. They've got five woods, hybrids, iron shots. It's going to open up a whole new segment of golf, you know. Uh, so I, I would really like to see that change be made. Now, what is going to happen to average golfers, okay? Because changing the design of a golf ball is is going to have a ripple effect, and it's going to trickle down to us, you know, uh, us golfers that go out and we're just weekend golfers, or we play maybe one or two times during the week. It's going to affect, um, you know, our equipment, and uh, that's going to be problematic. Now, I think it's a terrible idea, and I actually don't see it gaining traction in the long run. They're in development stages now. They're in talks. They're going to see, you know, how the pros respond, how the equipment companies respond and the governing bodies and all that stuff. But I'm going to give you a few reasons as to why I don't think this will work. And number one is the fans of golf want to see the golf ball go far. If all of your professional golf is predicated on the fact of having an audience to watch the sport, to pay to get into the, the event, to pay the subscription to watch the you know, the uh, match on television or uh, advertisers paying for a slot because they know golfers are watching on television. If golf fans who want to see the ball go far lose that ability because they've reduced how far the ball is going to travel, I think you're going to lose viewership. I do because, you know, you're, you're just, you're putting, you know, training wheels on these professional golfers. Don't do that to them. It's going to end poorly. I don't think it will work out. So that's Reason number one why I think this is going to be a short-lived idea. Reason number two is equipment companies, as I mentioned before, want to sell the idea of distance for the average golfer via a golf ball. I mean, we've all seen it, you know, max distance. It's going to go super far, 300 yards, or a golf club that's going to give you forgiveness or whatever. Okay, And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, any brand's better than the other, but they're all pushing distance. 
So when you remove that and you say, well, this club's more accurate now, or it's, it's going to be more forgiving, so miss hits will still go straight. You know, we're, we're all getting to the same point. You got distance or you got accuracy. It's really hard to get the two uh, together. But right now, the past decade or so, everything's been about let's get the ball out there further, further, further. Now you don't sell that anymore. As golfers, we've become, we've become conditioned to try to get more distance in our game. And I think when you change the ball and reduce the distance that it can travel, that's going to have a negative impact, uh, not only at the pro level, but also down at uh, the average golf level, um, much like myself. Now, the third reason I think this is going to be a bad idea and won't go through is that having two separate sets of rules for pros and average golfers will get confusing and will likely have the possibility of rules challenges at the pro level. You know what I mean? How hard is it going to be to make sure that the golf balls that are being used are, you know, all legitimate as an equipment manufacturer? Is it possible that one golf ball might get mixed in with another set of golf balls? There could be allegations of, you know, some players using uh, golf balls that uh, aren't exactly within the specs. And believe, believe me when I say that if the Governing bodies say, okay, this golf ball has to be limited to a max distance of 285 yards at a certain swing speed and all that kind of stuff. I guarantee you every ball company out there is going to push that limit as close to the tolerance as they possibly can. And that's that's going to be problematic in determining, well, which balls are legal and which aren't. You know what I mean? So it's going to get confusing. There's going to be some rules challenges, and I think we'll see a lot of headaches on the pro level. Now, lastly... The final reason that I have uh, for this not going through, I believe it won't go through, is that it's actually going to hurt golf equipment manufacturers because the public won't play the same ball as the pros do, as I mentioned before. That right there is going to impact a lot of the bottom line for many of these golf companies out there that produce these golf balls. You know, Play the same ball that the pros are playing. No, because as an average golfer, I'd probably be driving that thing like 230 yards, 240 yards, and that's not what I want for my game. So, I don't know. Tell me what you think. Please leave a rating or review if you enjoyed the podcast. Let me know what you think. Really helps out the pod. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, keep on swinging. Mm-hmm.